This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 119, for Monday, August the 12th, 2013. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm glad to be here. It's been three weeks since we've podcast. I'm not going to talk about how soon The Talking Dead is coming back on the air, because we've done that too much already. Yeah, soon. People know when that's happening. Um, But uh, it has been a relaxing few weeks since we did a podcast. I have driven 4,000 kilometers in my car. And you find that relaxing? Uh, you know, it was a nice vacation. I was on vacation. I took two weeks off, loaded the family up, did a good old fun family Griswold vacation to the east coast of Canada. We drove from Toronto to Prince Edward Island and back. Nice. Which was really, really good. Did you go to Wally World? We did not go to Wally World. Did you have wood paneling on your car? <laughs> You know, special I, for the occasion. Had had money been no, you know, uh, problem, I would have gone out and bought a wood paneled station wagon just for this trip. You can get uh, like you can get those uh, signs that uh, have magnets on them that you can stick them to your car or oh, a yeah. van and stuff. You should uh, next time you do the trip, you should get wood panel signs. Wood panel mag- and wrap my car in and fake wood paneling. Uh, put fake wood paneling on your car. Okay, I'll keep that in mind next time because right. we'll probably do this trip again. Sweet. Um, yeah, so we, we loaded up, we drove to Quebec City on the first night, and then to Moncton, New Brunswick on the second night. And after visiting my sister for a little while, we went to Prince Edward Island for a week. It's beautiful out there, man. Mm-hmm. It's really, really nice. I hadn't been out that way in a long, long time, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad you had fun. One of the things they have in Prince Edward Island is an ice cream company called Cows. Cows Ice Cream. It sounds relevant. Yeah, and it's very, very good. A lot of people hail it as the world's best ice cream. Well, of course they do. Now, I don't know about that. I've had some good, good ice cream in my days. You're a Kawartha Dairy guy, aren't you? I'm a Kawartha Dairy guy. I like that. It's a little closer to home. I was in Kawartha Lakes just uh, last week. The best flavor I've had from the Kawartha Dairy is the uh, banana chocolate flavor. It's so delicious. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Except for the chocolate. Uh, no, it's very good. No, I don't like chocolate. Well, you're insane. Uh, especially with banana. Banana with chunks of, of chocolate in there. It's I like really banana good. with just ice cream. Uh, yes, this is banana-flavored ice cream. Well, but, yes, banana-flavored ice cream is ice cream is what I like. Okay. You, that's hard to come by, though. You don't get that very often. No. Now, now, Cows doesn't have a banana flavor, but they do have a lot of delicious, delicious flavors. While we were in Prince Edward Island... We had ice cream every day. Did you know? And we were there for five days. Nice. And may, maybe six days, actually. Anyways, every single day. Now, the interesting thing about cows is that they are an ice cream company, but they're kind of almost a t-shirt company that makes ice cream. Really? You go into one of their stores, and they sell so much company merchandise, it's kind of hard to believe and mostly in the form of parody t-shirts so they have they come up they, they find all sorts of pop culture stuff tv shows movies even video games whatever and they create a parody t-shirt incorporating something having to do with cows in it hmm. um i bought one and uh you can see the postcard version of it on the wall behind me right here 
Oh, the milking dead. Yes, the milking dead. Grains. It's a picture of a zombie cow. Nice. They're all illust- uh, illustrated by by artists, and uh, that's it. So Did I got you get the a t-shirt. Post- I, I got the shirt, and okay. I got the postcard. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't so stupid, I could remember some more of them now. But almost anything you can think of, they have a parody of it. The Cowdashians, for example. Nice. Something like that. Breaking uh, Bad. Do they have for Breaking Bad. They do not have Breaking Bad. Um, the one thing I think of, they don't have. Yeah, no, Lululemon, it's Moo Lemon. That's nice. I thought that one was pretty funny. And, you know, sometimes they're co- they're kind of riffing on the logo, like in the case of Lululemon. Uh, the Milking Dead one, not so much, but you know it's a zombie cow. Yep. Um, uh, a lot of keep calm and eat ice cream type stuff. Those aren't really parodies, but they sort of are. Uh, Game of Thrones was um, something... Game of Moos? No, 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 no. Move of Thrones. It kind of rhymes, usually. Game of, I don't know. Uh, Anne of Green Gables is big out in Prince Edward Island. Yeah, well, it would be. It's where it's all from. Anne of Green Stables is the parody of that. So, anyways, I bring it up because they have the Walking Dead parody. I picked one up. I posted on our Facebook page, too, and uh, people seem to get a kick out of that. So, it it was pretty fun. We drove to Prince Edward Island with my sister's family on the first day. Right. And we get across the Confederation Bridge onto PEI, and the first thing we do is stop at the ice cream store, which is right there. Right. And my nephew, who's 10, takes me into the ice cream store, immediately says, follow me, you have to see this. <laughs> and he takes me over to the shirt rack, which is mostly most of the store, frankly, and he says, look, the milking dead, that's perfect for you. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, you're right. Well, and he I, knows you, I guess. And, and then I bought one. Nice. So. <laughs> So, so they're a t-shirt store that happens to sell ice cream. Originally, they started making the ice cream first. Um, and they then they seemed, for some reason, expanded into t-shirt making. And now they make hundreds of t-shirts. And much more of the footprint of the store is occupied by clothing sales uh, than the ice cream. Fun fact. Yeah, fun do, fact. Do you, know, uh, do you know what the world's largest toy company is? Lego. McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this That's based on uh, 1999 information, by the way. That That's just a fun fact I used to know that I, I knew in 1999, but now may no longer be true. Well, even if it is. So McDonald's is a toy company that happens to sell hamburgers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Cow's Creamery, which is the name of the, the actual name of the company, are based in Charlottetown. I went and did a tour of the creamery. Um, it's a little bit lame. Did they but give you free samples? Yeah, you get a sample of the ice cream at the end and a sample of the cheese because they make cheese. Nice. And they make some nice cheese. We You eat. are a cheese fan. Oh, my God. I love the cheese. They um, We bought some of the cheese while we were out there, but they have their own T-shirt facility. When you tour the factory, <laughs> oh. they aren't they aren't outsourcing those shirts. They make them themselves now. You get to see the T-shirt production plant while you're there, and uh, they talk about how... Every year they sit down, they go, they um, they have idea people who come up with maybe 20 to 30 ideas for this year's run of shirts. They narrow those down to whatever they're going to make that year. And then they have designers create them all up and they're pumping out t-shirts like crazy. So Fun. they're doing that. And then they show you how they make the ice cream, how they make the cheese, and uh, you get a sample and go about your day. But you don't get to go into the food manufacturing no, area. No, no, right? no. Because okay. no. I, I took a tour of the, uh, the Red Path Sugar plant here uh-huh. in Toronto and uh, they wouldn't let us go on the floor because you know making food they don't want you know the unwashed ma- unwashed masses no. coming in off the street no of course not yeah. uh, you see the facilities here 
um, but you're you're in a corridor behind glass and right. stuff. They and took us into the big sugar barn. That's cool. That because that's unprocessed sugar, and there was actually pigeons and stuff all on the sugar, and they you know they wash it and clean it <laughs> and refine it. But uh, yeah, yeah, and they just use a front end loader to pick sugar off the pile and dump it into the factory. Yeah, and then they refine it and it becomes edible sugar. You wouldn't yeah. want to eat pigeon sugar. No. At least I would. Dead pigeon sugar. I'm sure, there's <laughs> lots of dead pigeons in that sugar. Ew. Um, so that's what we did. That was that was pretty fun. And then the beach and all that stuff. Everything is fantastic Good. in uh, Prince Edward Island. So I had a really nice time. Um, what have you been doing? You've been off work. Yeah, I had two weeks off. More of a staycation than anything else. Mm-hmm. Doing some uh, hiking and kayaking and biking and sitting on the beach and doing stuff around the house and various odds and ends. Sounds good. Playing video games, watching TV. <laughs> Sounds like the perfect life. Yeah. What? Going to see movies. There you go. Everything you could ever want. Yeah. You doing any woodworking in your woodworking shop in tomorrow, the garage? Tomorrow is a garage day. All right. I'm going to be working on the bench and uh, cleaning up the garage and getting uh, getting things done. That's there. that's exciting. I've uh, designated tomorrow garage day. Well, garage day. That's a, that's a good name for it. Yeah. Speaking of days, today is World Elephant Day. Oh, good. Um worldelephantday.org is where you can find out more information and it was launched to bring attention to the urgent plight of Asian and African elephants. The elephant is loved, revered, and respected by people and cultures around the world, yet we balance on the brink of seeing the last of this magnificent creature. We do. That's what they had to say on World Elephant Day, so uh, if you are a fan of elephants, go... Bob, Bob Barker is a big fan of elephants. Yeah, he made the Toronto Zoo get rid of elephants. Good. We don't have any anymore. Well, they, I'm not sure they've left yet, but... They're uh, going. Yeah. They're going. Yeah. Going to a sanctuary. Somewhere in California? Yeah, I don't know. Somewhere in North America, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't take them off continent. That'd be crazy. Why? They got them here somehow, didn't they? They were yeah, probably born here. Yeah, but that's kind of traumatic to get them here. Why put them through the trauma to get them somewhere else? I suppose. I guess they do that by boat, right? If they have to... I really don't know the logistics of moving elephants uh, around yeah, the world. You could probably put an elephant in like a C-130 or something, but not many of them. And you got to keep them still. If they're running around the back of that plane, that's oh, yeah. not going to be no, good for the I'd plane. No, flying them bad. <laughs> and their ears. Their ears would just change with the pressure, and then, no, they wouldn't be happy. It would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> Anyways, don't do that on World Elephant Day, but go and celebrate <laughs> elephants in your uh, own way. Mm-hmm. All righty. Um, Jason... Yes, Christopher. On the program today, we are going to do some Walking Dead news. Okay. And listener feedback. Oh, okay. Before that, though, oh. I want to talk about our short story contest. Okay. Um, as you know, we are running a short story contest. I do know. And we now know the official uh, deadline for entries. We do. We've actually kind of known it for a while. We, we mentioned this last episode, by the way. Yeah, but we didn't have the exact date nope, because I wasn't did. smart enough. All right. What is it? The 13th. That's when the show premieres. The deadline for entries is a week before. Yeah, and we went. We said the eighth. Remember, we had we had this discussion. We tried to figure out what a week before the thirteenth was. Right. And that's the eighth, right? Uh, why did I write down October sixth then? Oh, because I'm an idiot and can't do math correctly. Sixth is correct. Sixth is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sunday, October sixth, twenty thirteen, at eleven fifty nine p.m. I thought we talked about this. I we did, but we didn't officially make the announcement because we didn't. We weren't smart enough to think ahead and do it then. Or could do math. Or could do math, and we were overwhelmed by the season four trailer. Right, so and the stuff official like date is Sunday, October 6th at 11.59 p.m. Yes. If you send it on the 7th at 12 a.m., it is ineligible. 
That is correct. And the reason we're making it the week before is so that we have that week to review, commiserate, talk to everybody involved, and pick a winner. Right. Now, the winner will be announced on our podcast. That is for Season 4, Episode 1, which will be coming on October 14th, that Monday night. That's when our winner will be announced, in addition to all the other regular stuff we do on that show. Holy Um, crap, did you see that? I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, see? We'll get back into that again. But the deadline for entries, Sunday, October 6th, 2013, 11.59 p.m. Get them in before midnight that day. Well, midnight the next day. You know what I mean. Um, Before midnight. Yes. So in uh, to celebrate that official announcement, I've got two excerpts here from stories that we have already received from listeners. Cool. And I'm going to read them right now. And we have permission to read these. Yeah, it's in our um, uh, disclaimer that comes in with, with each story. That's awesome. So I'm going to read these. It's going to be fun. All right, I'm going to settle in. I don't know that lean, I will do justice. Lean to these, back in my comfy chair. To these stories. Put my I, feet up by the fire. <laughs> and get a Take a, a draw on my pipe and my glass of brandy. Brandy. I was going to go with brandy. That's good. And, uh, you know, lovingly pet the, uh, the hound, the hound dog sleeping beside me. Very good. Well, while you listen to this this uh, this story, it comes from Jaina Beth. I apologize. That might be Yana Beth. I I'm not 100 percent sure how to pronounce your name. Um, and the story is called the Closet. I'm scary. I entered my home that day with profuse reluctance. After a long day of working hard, I was ready to just flop down on the couch and take a nap, unwind. So, when I approached the front door and heard the vacuum, I inwardly groaned. Opening the door, I followed the noise until I was stopped with the realization of where he must be cleaning. Not there, anywhere but there, I muttered to myself, already forming an idea of where he was. Forcing my legs to propel me forward, I arrived just one door away from the most forbidden door in the whole house. It was kept in the innermost sanctum of the house, my bedroom, where it was guarded by a lock a single key, and an army of stuffed animals. I feel my hands get clammy, and a lump forms in my throat as I turn my bedroom's door to see him there, covered in the dirt from my closet, my forbidden closet. The end. (laughs) Not the end, just the end of that excerpt. (laughs) Nice. So there's more to that story, but... uh, I want to read more. We're not going to read the whole thing. Uh, The second excerpt is submitted by Eric... And it is called The Darkness Within. Mm. Richard's hands shook slightly as he carefully returned the blood-streaked hammer to the workbench. He watched as small clumps of flesh slid down the side of the wooden handle, leaving a thin crimson trail in its wake. Richard tasted the sour hint of vomit at the back of his throat as he hesitantly lifted his gaze to the task at hand. Across the workbench, tightly bound in rope, sat a monster. Concealed in the near-perfect guise of a human, the monster stared up at Richard with such a sincere look of confusion and horror that Richard almost believed he had made a mistake, that this one actually was human. Richard studied the beaten, bloody thing before him as it struggled at its bonds, letting out muffled sobs through the cloth gag. It fought to free its right hand from the heavy-duty nail that pinned it to the table, while the left arm flailed about wildly, small splatters of blood spraying off the bloody, bandaged stump where its elbow once was. Even if it managed to get its hand free, Richard knew it could never break the ropes that tied it 
to the large metal chair. Watching the frenzied, terrified thing, Richard almost changed his mind, almost decided he had made a mistake with this one. Almost. There were many more these days, thought Richard, all of them trying to fit in, to trick you into believing they were like the rest of us. Richard knew better. There you go. So uh, that was fun. That was fun. I like reading these. And uh, I've decided that between now and when we have a winner, or the deadline anyways, I'm going to read one or two excerpts on every podcast. Nice. Every week or every other week as we as we do podcasts. I'm excited. Those were good. Yeah. Not bad at all, eh? This is fun. I really, really in, am enjoying reading these so far, and uh, I will very soon be distributing them to you and um, and the other judge. I'm excited. This That's the first uh, taste of these stories that I've had. I know. I've sort of been collecting them, going through them slowly. Hoarding them, really. Hoarding a little bit, yes. So thank you to uh, both the entrants there that I just read, and thank you to everyone that has sent one in so far. If you want to uh, get an entry in this contest, you should uh, email your entry to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I had also said way back when we launched this thing, if you'd like to read yourself, um, record yourself reading your story, that's just fine with me. I will play you reading it rather than me read it. That'd be cool. Which would be cool too. You know, you can just pull out your phone, record a voice memo or something, and then email it right to us. Yeah. TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. We have the technology. Yes, we do. Hopefully those two excerpts um, got some people inspired or or give give you a sort of a sample of what we've got, and uh, I think they were both pretty good. So it's uh, going right along. All righty. With that done, now let's move on to this. Okay. The Walking Dead News. Time for the Walking Dead news. All right, Jason, the first item in the news this week. Do you remember back in the season four trailer from oh so long ago? Yes. The very first scene. (laughs) Sorry, did I jump the gun with my answer? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) not at all. It was three weeks ago. The very first scene was uh, Daryl and them raiding the big stop. That's correct. Yes, I I do remember it. Big spot or big stop? Big stop, I think. All right. And there was a mystery kid in that scene. I think that's what we called him at the time. Yes, yes. Well, apparently that character is named Zach. Oh, Zach. Yes. And he will be played by Kyle Gallner. G-A-L-L-N-E-R. Kyle Gallner. All right, Kyle. Yes. Um, According to the internet, he will have a romantic relationship with one of the other characters. Oh. So we're getting a little bit of information about... Tyrese, maybe. (laughs) You never know. Could be. Uh, could be. We're getting some information about uh, this character, Zach, here. Uh, Scott Gimple, you will know as the showrunner, has had this to say. The, that's a way very quickly that you get to know him. He's not one of the major new characters, but you get to know you get to know a lot about him real quick because he has this romantic relationship. Therefore, he's going to die early? That's the first thing I thought, too. <laughs> So, as soon as you get to know a new character really well, he dies, he, or she dies. He dies. So he may not survive that raid. What color shirt was he wearing? Kind of what I'm thinking. Was it kind of like a rouge plaid? <laughs> I didn't notice. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe, though. <laughs> now, that having said that, he's not an unknown actor. He's been in lots of stuff, including CSI New York, the movie Jennifer's Body, oh yeah, uh, Smallville, The Shield, Big Love, Veronica Mars, and Red State, the Kevin Smith film. Ah, 
So he's been in some stuff. He's been around. It's not like he's a total sort of unknown extra that was just standing there for the scene and he's going to get his head chopped off a moment later. He's a guy who knows what he's doing. Now, when he, when you say he's been in some stuff, that mm-hmm. means uh, he's been in one or two episodes of each of those shows? Everything I listed was, I think, recurring. Okay. So he was in it... At least two episodes of all those TV shows. Okay, so we're going to get him for a couple of episodes at least before he gets uh, chewed on. <clears throat> well, if he has a romantic relationship with somebody, yeah, you got to think there's at least a little bit, a couple episodes. That might be backstory, though. That might be, you know, we have to assume that the relationship has been going on for a while because we have a time lag, right? We have a, Well, mm-hmm. there's a time gap between the last season and this season. So maybe that's just part of the backstory is that whoever he's in a romantic relationship with, we're supposed to assume or they tell us that it's been three months since they started dating kind of thing. So and then he dies immediately. So Zach comes from Woodbury, probably, and falls in love with Beth. I'm just going to throw her name out there. We find that out in the first episode or two. Maybe he's hanging around in the background with her a little bit. Poor Carl. And yeah, poor Carl. He's already in love with Beth. Um, and then, you know, Zach at some point steps up and is like, Hey, I want to help out. Take me to the big stop. I can carry stuff. Beth gets upset. She says, no, don't go. You're going to get hurt. He's going to say, no, I'm a big, strong man. I have to go. I'll be fine, I'll baby. I'll be fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Right. And then gets romantically entangled with Tyrese on the way. There's a love triangle. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then he gets killed and then he gets killed. You know, I, I think I'm going to go with that. Something along those lines, anyways. Yeah. He's a new character. Love Triangle probably won't happen. Probably not. Um, and you know what? The Walking Dead has actually not shied away from introducing a character played by an actor who you would recognize from other things mm-hmm. and then killing him off. For example, the two guys in the bar in uh, season three. Two. That, that was the beginning two. of three? Two. Season two. It was at the farm. You're right. Nebraska. Yeah. When they were talking about it, that's right. Um, yes, that guy was one of the guys um, who, he, well, he was on True Blood and some other stuff. And, a, you know, well-known, established actor. Yeah. Comes into The Walking Dead. You think he's going to be a new character for a while. And then, no, he has a conversation with Rick and Rick shoots him. Right. So uh, I have, I'm afraid that uh, Kyle Gallner as Zach will have a similar fate. Maybe not at the end of Rick's gun, but... At I the, give him two episodes. Yeah, The Mouth <clears throat> of a Zombie. Two episodes. All righty, that's good. Well, sorry, Zach. <laughs> yeah. But if anyone's wondering, that's who it's going to be. Um, so there's some more casting information happening out there. This, I'm going to say, is spoilery. Okay. Especially for the comic. We're not going to get into any uh, plot details necessarily, but we are going to refer to characters who are in the comic that have not yet appeared in the show. Okay. So, if you're worried about that, move on a little bit. I'm a little worried, but let's move on. All right. Well, they're casting three characters. Here are the names that have gone out on the casting call. And as we all know, these names are likely fake. The first one is John Tyler. John Tyler. (laughs) Yes. He's early 30s, vulgar, with uh, rough edges, but wise. Rough around the edges, but wise guy. Not a wise guy, like a smart guy. No, I know what you mean. No, not a smart guy. You said wise. Just wise. Not a wise guy. Yeah. Yeah. Not a smart guy either. <laughs> Is he a tough guy? Uh, I think he may be a tough guy. He's vulgar. So then we have Wayne Kesey, early 30s, very smart, and an experienced liar. All right. Aren't we all? Uh, Seriously? Maybe. And then we've got Jordana Barraza, late 20s, tough, Hispanic, and beautiful. 
shamed about her past. Shamed. Yes. Not wait, not ashamed. Doesn't say ashamed. No, it, it says shamed. It says shamed. So yes. somebody's going to shame her about her past? Hey, that's what it says here. It does <laughs> not it's she's not ashamed of it. She's very proud of it maybe, but someone's going to shame her over it. That seems like a typo. <laughs> It's probably a typo. Ashamed of her past. Yes. Um, anyways, late 20s, tough, Hispanic, and beautiful. Nice. So those are the three. Now, you've read the comics. I have. And I knew this question was coming as soon as you said we're going to mention uh, comic book characters I'm, I'm, and then say the, the names have changed to protect protect the innocent. I'm not going to ask you who they are because it was a little while ago it in was, the comic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Well, when I tell you that the internet and most people typically seem to think this is Abraham, Eugene, and Rosita ah, yes. from the comics. Abraham, I remember. Abraham, big tough guy, a little bit vulgar. He was older though, wasn't he? Uh, no, not not. Uh, he said they said thirty-five. I figure I pegged him at about fifty. No, here it says early thirties. I don't think Abraham's fifty in the comic. He's maybe in his forties. Ah, I just always thought he was older. Big, big, square-shouldered guy with a mustache, yeah. you know? So, John Tyler, people think is Abraham. Eugene is the guy traveling with Abraham who is supposed to be a smart scientist-type guy. Ah, uh, big guy, bald. Um, Was <laughs> yeah, he bald? I have no idea. No, I don't <laughs> think he was bald. Um, and the 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 point about he experienced liar is important when you figure uh, Eugene, factor Eugene's character. That's spoiler. And uh, Rosita, well, that sort of fits. Late 20s, tough, Hispanic, and beautiful. I don't know about the ashamed about her past, but uh, two men and a woman kind of fits the description. I can see why people are thinking that's who these three are. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I guess let's not go into too much about bringing these characters into the show at this point versus what's happening in uh, versus when they're brought in in the comic book. But I will say that uh, unless season... Four plays out rather differently than I expect it to. This is likely introducing these characters a little bit earlier than I would have thought. I would think so too. You know, um, so, but you know, it just means that things are going to be different. Things are going to be mixed up and changed. Maybe we'll have these characters as uh, a separate story that they eventually meet up with uh, Rick at all later. Has The Walking Dead done that? No. Introduced characters that are sort of independent for a while before they meet with our group that does happen on shows sometimes it does i'm trying to recall whether that's happened no i don't think so even at the very beginning when we saw rick doing his thing and then you know shane and laurie and everybody else at the camp we knew that they were directly related they just hadn't come together yet yeah um but I, no i don't think the walking dead has had characters that are standalone completely um for a for a time period i mean unless you count the governor in woodbury but even that was very quick. I mean, they introduced that It was. That I mean, uh, Michonne and, and uh, what's her eyebrows? Well, it was with Andrea, there. though. Yeah, with Andrea, showed up there pretty early. Yeah, so Andrea was the connection. Yeah. There wouldn't be a connection if they were going to do that with these three. Uh, again, unless they mix it up a little bit. That'd but be interesting, though. I'd be uh, I'd be on board with that. For sure. Comic fans, you know, if you're, if you're uh, excited about these three characters, let us know. Let us know what you think, how you think they're going to incorporate them. All righty. Um, zombie Babies. Of course. Zombie babies. Apparently there is going to be one on oh, season four. Come on. 
<laughs> Do we get a zombie cheerleader and a zombie football player too then? Uh, no. Uh, well, I, I can't say for sure. Maybe we do. But here's here's what happened. A lot of the, the cast and the crew um, in, have been doing interviews around Comic-Con and so on. And uh, it came out that we'd see different kinds of walkers in season four. I think um, uh, Nick Otero said something about that too, right? right. They're just changing things up. Different kinds of walkers. And then Denai Guerrero said something about there's a little hint of that in the premiere. After all this was out in the wild, Robert Kirkman confirmed to TV Guide this uh, rumor by saying it'll be something different from the baby who was seen in the Dawn of the Dead remake, which was horrific and done so well, but there's still room for us to do something different and cool. So okay. what, do you, what do you think about zombie babies? Uh, I think they're a little tropey and unnecessary. I'd, unless they do something completely different, because Zombie Baby from the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead was very, uh, you know, reminiscent of V. You remember that miniseries? When yes. What's her name was pregnant with the lizard baby, and then they had a lizard baby. Are you talking about the original V or the, the original remake? V? I didn't watch the remake. That was shite. I watched the first season of it. Didn't do much for me. And then oh. it got canceled, so I was okay. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> um. So they better, if they're going to bring in a zombie baby, it better be different than that. Yeah. Um, I don't actually particularly remember the zombie baby in Dawn of the Dead. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, what can a zombie baby do other than just sort of be stuck where it is? Well, guy shows up with his wife. Wife's pregnant, got bit. Yes. All right. So uh, she turns eventually and the baby's still unborn and then is born a zombie sure and had and attacks so you you think we're gonna like see the mother too yes okay the mother will be involved in this zombie baby half in half out kind of thing yeah because it adds uh it adds drama to the whole thing right giving birth is the baby alive is it dead is it a zombie uh what's going on right do you think that maybe they will go a different route and make judith a zombie because there's a baby. No, there's they're a, not going to do that. Well, there's a baby on the show already. Why not? You know, why not throw that in there? No, they can't. They can't do that. They can't do that. No, they can't do that. I don't know. I think they might. He says they're going to do something different and cool. <laughs> that doesn't really qualify as cool. Killing a baby. That's a character <laughs> on a show. That's different. I don't know if it's cool. <laughs> Barely a character. Uh, you're probably right. They'll probably be a little out ass somewhere. kicker. No way. Yeah, a little ass kicker doesn't. Uh, well, kicks ass, so yeah, probably be the last baby standing. Anyways, no, that baby's going to either get uh, taken by somebody and brought off, and then mysteriously disappears for the rest of the uh, series, mm -hmm. or uh, it's going to be there for the entire run. And they have... will not kill that baby. That's your prediction, right That's... here, right now. Yeah, you can't kill a baby on a TV show, but you can have an already undead baby. You yeah, that's fine. Okay, because then that's just basically a prop. Right, but you right. can't kill a baby that's on a TV show. I think you're right about seeing the mother, whoever she is, because this baby's probably going to eat its way out. They don't have teeth, do they? Claw its way out. Excuse they me. They don't have. They, well, they got little tiny fingernails, but they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's different and cool. No, the okay. I have a problem with that because uh, 
you know, uh, I'm looking at Max Brooks' de- definition of zombies. They don't have supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. They're just uh, they're regular humans. They have regular human strength, regular regular human abilities like sight and sound and being able to hear and feel and smell and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a baby is completely defenseless and offenseless, if that's a word. Yeah, but if the baby is a zombie, the same instincts will take over. Babies can't walk, I know. They can't crawl. They can't do anything. Same instincts will take over to bite and eat things. I mean, babies are born with an instinct to eat. Yes, but they don't have the ability to attack somebody or move their limbs in a cohesive fashion or hold their heads up. That's true. Or have teeth. (laughs) Okay, so mother's not going to be involved at all here because... I can see a zombie toddler being a problem. Yeah, well, you never know what they're going to do. Yeah, they're they're crazy to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a zombie baby uh, is about as much of a threat as a psychotic baby. God, you know, the more we talk about this, the less I want to see it on the show. Uh, yeah. Really. To be honest, now that I'm sort of thinking about it and saying it all it, out it can't loud. Be, it can't be a threat. It's got to be a sad kind of uh, situation where they have to dispatch. They have to kill the zombie baby, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, crap, we have a zombie baby now that we have to deal with. What right. if they come into the maternity ward of a hospital looking for supplies and they find like 25 zombie babies in cribs? See, there you go. Now you're thinking. I don't want to see that. That's a situation. Yes, it's going to be horrific and sad, but it's, yeah, I, I, I really don't think it's going to be a threat in any way. No, no, no. You're right. Yeah, I agree with you on the, the non-threat part now. Um, okay. Well, now I'm just depressed. Isn't there a movie about uh, an un- undead baby that needed blood? Oh yeah, there was. Uh, was it was movie? called Grace. I think I saw it at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival yeah. a bunch of years ago. Um, vampire. Well, I don't remember all I the details it was a now. Well, the the mother had to feed it blood. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty good sort of horror thriller, though. I liked yeah. it at the time. I don't remember seeing it, but I remember there being a movie. I might have saw it with Dave at the festival. See, because that could be a situation. That. I have a zombie baby, but I'm protecting it. Yes. So I'm feeding it. Something, yeah, right, yeah, to keep it alive. Dead it chickens, dead rats, whatever. It wouldn't grow, though. I don't think. No, it probably wouldn't grow, but it would have an uns- uh, insatiable hunger and a need to eat, and a mother with an instinct to feed it and <laughs> right. keep it alive. Right, that could be the situation. That's that, probably going to, other than the uh, maternity ward thing. Yeah, I think this is probably more likely than anything else. Uh, you're probably right. That's a that's a little less sad too. It I mean, is. I mean, it's sad. Let's don't it, get me it's wrong, but sad. it's just less sad than seeing abandoned babies flailing around on the floor. See, I don't even like saying that. <laughs> uh, let's move on. All right, David Morrissey. He did an interview. Remember last week in the trailer? Not in the trailer. In the news, we were talking about the new threat that's in the prison. Yep. Well, we got some listener feedback on that, but we also had David Morrissey uh, say this in an interview. Um, and he kind of just confirms what we already know, but he goes, the zombies are the same threat they've always been, but with this added extra, it makes the world a very, very dangerous place, as if it wasn't already. And people start to sort of react in different ways. It's not a threat that you're going to be able to kill very easily. (laughs) An idea. An idea or a natural phenomenon was something that a lot of people might have suggested. Have you read Snow Crash? I've read half of Snow Crash. Did I, did I mention this last time? 
Because I, I had a conversation about Snow Crash with somebody recently. Was it on this show? Uh, we've talked about it, but not that recently. I didn't love Snow Crash, I, I'll just admit. Right I, I really liked the first chapter. It kind of got away from me after a while. Uh-huh. The first chapter was amazing. Was, I, re- I reread that first chapter every couple of years. I love it. Uh, <clears throat> a Namshub. Mm-hmm. An idea, a uh, basically a very low-level human uh, meme or you know program, if you will, just an idea that gets into your head. You can't get rid of it. Yep. You can't uh, and you can't kill it. And if you spread it to somebody else, it's like a disease. It runs around like a disease. It's an idea that uh, that gets out that uh, is very difficult to defeat. You can't defeat an idea. No, it spreads faster than you can defeat it right. usually. So that's. Basically, the only thing I can think of is that the uh, the modern threat is somebody had an idea. Well, that's what we talked about, about having someone who's on the inside of the prison working against the prison, more yeah. or less, because they're, they, they're trying to make a stand for something yeah, else. Yeah, because then we talked about zombie Jesus. Right. <laughs> um, but, but what about the thought of like a natural phenomenon of some kind like what if there's a weather phenomenon or a water shortage or something like that that's you know a bigger threat than the zombies boring too boring weather okay water shortage come on they They don't do that on every show they need water to survive they need clean water to survive to drink um what if they run out what if they run out of water people start getting panicky and antsy and uh careless and therefore they let zombies in by accident boring Really? Too yeah. boring, eh? Water, boring. Food, boring. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I don't know. I think they could do something interesting with a water shortage. Yeah. I think. I don't know. It could be a... I really have no idea. I don't think it'll be resource-related. Because that is boring. In my mind, it's boring. Every show's done it. Battlestar Galactica did it. Uh, they could have spent the first season the entire season worried about water and food and fuel and whatever but they didn't they had a couple of episodes one called water which was like the second episode or the third episode a battlestar yeah oh yeah where uh what's his name what's her name boomer uh i gotta beep you out again what this is the second episode of a 1994 or 19 2004 show i had to censor you the last time you spoiled battlestar galactica <laughs> like big spoilers That's man. The, it's the second episode it's called water come on Give me a break. Everybody knows that. If you I'm, don't know that, go. <laughs> I'm censoring that. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Water boring. Natural phenomenon boring. I, I see your point about they didn't do that in The Walking Dead yet, so why would they do it now? But I think that's kind of why. Like, at the beginning of the apocalypse, food was plentiful. Water was still around. Maybe even, you know, water systems were still up and running. There's a creek on the friggin' property of the... Uh... Of the prison. Sure, maybe they've discovered it's completely contaminated. I mean, it's radioactive. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but I'm just saying, if suddenly there was no clean water, like none, and they didn't have anything to drink but their own urine, I think people would get a little anxious. What if some aspect of zombieism is uh, manifesting in the living? Oh, you're all already infected. So and now you don't have to die before you start kind of acting crazy. Something happens to you, like uh, you start having an insatiable hunger for flesh. So there's a biting em- epidemic. <laughs> well, that sounds like you are a zombie at that point. But well, no, but not not in the uh, you know ripping apart your guts and uh, you know ripping them open and chewing on your intestines. But yep. you know, like uh, grade two, it's just some 
in somewhere in, in amongst the class, there's a biter. Yeah, there are always biters occasionally at kids that age. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm thinking is that that you know people are waking up with bite marks. It's like, what the hell's going on here? Why why is there a chunk uh, missing out of my arm? Somebody was chewing on me. <clears throat> that would cause panic. Yeah. So that's what I. That's the only thing I can think of is that that some aspect of the <laughs> zombie uh, situation is. Uh, is manifesting in the living. You know what? That's actually a really cool idea. How come no one that I know of has made a movie yet where people aren't zombies yet, but they're exhibiting zombie, subtle zombie-like behaviors? I wonder if there's a movie like there, that. There, there is a movie where somebody is uh, undead but still conscious. Yeah, there's a movie, I think What's it was French, called They Came Back. And that's about people who are undead. They are, they died, and they but they are not uh, dead. They're up and mobile. But they're kind of normal like they want to come back and just get their jobs again and get back to their life but the people who are still living can sort of tell that something is off about these right. people what about there's a movie with bruce willis who is an undertaker and his wife sally field and uh what's her name and they both died but they had to take care of themselves because if you broke a finger off it would stay off or if you ripped a piece of flesh it doesn't you don't heal essentially Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar, but I don't know what it was. I don't know. It was back in the 90s, something about... Uh... Anyways, something... This is why you need a laptop with you when you were doing this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Anyways. this partly why I don't bring a laptop, so that I don't do this. <laughs> it uh, doesn't seem to work. Yeah, not this time. I don't know. That does sound familiar, though. Um, but were they undead? And They, they just were had dead. To take it? They, they were. died. Okay. The two, the two women died. Um, I don't know. He's been in ninety-five things. Friggin' Bruce Willis. I know it's hard to hard to find anything in this list. Anyways, um, they came back as the one I'm thinking of. But I wonder if there has been a movie that um, it was a zombie movie, but maybe you know, if there are full-fledged zombies, there are also living people exhibiting sort of subtle traits like something, zombies. something, something. Yeah. yeah. Um. A bloodlust of some kind, or or whatever, manifesting as a uh, just a need to do something, like an obsessive compulsive disorder, yeah, of uh, weird, epic proportions, yeah. Uh, just in case anyone's interesting, they came back, came out in two thousand four. IMDb says the lives of the residents of a small French town are changed when thousands of the recently dead inexplicably come back to life and try to integrate themselves into society that has uh, changed for them. Death Becomes Her, 1992. Wow. Oh. Yeah, Mar I, Mar I remember Street, that. Bruce Willis, and Goldie Hawn. That's more of a comedy, though, than Well, it was a else. comedy, but All they right. were uh, undead. They were dead. And he was an undertaker, so they, uh, they, I think both of them were his ex-wives. And uh, so they made him take care of them as in, you know, makeup and fixing their ailments right. and stuff. And they got into a fight with shovels and shotguns. and I remember. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of a good movie. I would recommend it. Yeah, not really, uh, I mean, more funny than, than anything else. Yeah, it's a comedy. I think you could do a non-comedy with this idea, though. I think. So okay. if someone out there is, knows of a movie like this, let us know. Or we could just wait for season four. Or wait for season four. <laughs> or someone who is a movie maker, this is a golden idea. Go make this. Right. Or, I'm just throwing it out there right or now. Or what if you combined uh, zombie <laughs> with werewolves? On the you know full moon, some people turn into full-fledged zombies, go out and you know try and kill people. And then when the moon sets, you wake up the next day, your face is covered in blood. You're like, what the hell just happened? That just feels like you're ripping off werewolves, though. Well, yeah, 
That's the whole point of combining zombieism with werewolves. Okay. You're ripping off werewolves. You're ripping off zombies. I, I think there's an idea in there that's original. That's all I'm saying. All Someone right. needs to go do it. Reverse werewolves. Okay. No reverse werewolves. Figure out what that means. <laughs> you turn normal every full moon? Once a month. Yeah. All right. Telltales, the Walking Dead characters, now available in Minecraft. You like the Minecraft. I do like the Minecraft. Have you been playing very much lately? I have been playing very much lately. <laughs> Speaking of sad. my... Um, what do you mean? It's a, what? What's available in, in Minecraft? In the fifth skin pack, downloadable content oh, from Minecraft, you'll be able to play as Lee Everett, Kenny, a female walker, Molly, a male walker, Krista, and Omid. And those are available now. I do not play very much Minecraft, so I'm not sure what the what the deal is with DLC for it. Uh, you can download uh, add-ons, either uh, custom skins right. to make things look like uh, something else, or different texture packs. Right, essentially is what they're uh, what they're talking about, or some additional content uh, that gives you uh, like additional things, stuff you can craft or uh, abilities. Okay. Like I downloaded some stuff that uh, turns your your bow into a pistol, and you have a goal set for you where you get to shoot things with your pistol. Okay. Instead of a bow. So you can download skin packs, <laughs> yeah, as they call them, and you so you can now look like the characters from the Walking Dead Telltale game yeah. if you so choose. I think they're called resource packs. Okay. Um, they call it skin pack here, but anyways, they're available for Minecraft. Speaking of Minecraft, my um nephew who we visited i talked about earlier mm -hmm. huge minecraft fan oh yeah 10 year old guy plays minecraft all day I, well I'm, I'm bored with it now if he if his parents let him he would you're bored with it yeah well i kind of finished everything i can do yeah, but th that's the idea there isn't really an end isn't there uh, you just build and build and build and mine yeah and mine. well that gets kind of boring i found all the resources i need to build a house that was completely acceptable to me and i liked and then uh, i went to the end I figured out how to get to the end, which is a special mm -hmm. place you can go, and I defeated the Ender Dragon, which was super hard. But then once I completed the Ender, uh, Ender Dragon thing, there's really nothing left to do. Look at you, man. You never finish any other video games, and then Minecraft comes along, and you're obsessed. I finished the unfinishable game. Yeah, that's... Well, there's another boss that uh, <clears throat> I'm having a hard time collecting enough pieces to put together because you're supposed to... Uh, kill these nether skeletons and then get their uh, only one you know, i think three point three percent of the time it'll drop a head one another skeleton head point three it's something like that and you need to uh, get three of them and then you craft this uh uh this super boss that is very destructive and hard to kill and then you kill him that's the whole point but on average, you have to kill something like 300 nether skeletons to be able to get the get the heads. And they don't spawn uh, very consistently at all. And it's just, I've, I've killed four of them in the last week, and none of them drop a head, of course, because I haven't killed nearly enough. And it's just so boring. <laughs> I'd rather fish. <laughs> And just catch fish. So I've, you know, played this video game while, while my wife was watching TV and crocheting or just like, I'm bored of this. So I shut her down. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I I haven't done that much Minecraft. The little bit I have done, I think it's okay, but I don't have the time to really get into it. Yeah. That's my problem. Anyways, uh, Telltale Walking Dead characters available for Minecraft. I'm going to check your that out. Thing. Check it out. I'm going to check it out. Very good. One last item in the news. The Walking Dead is returning to Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. Good. We talked about this last year. They are coming back. 
from the press release. Fans with a voracious appetite for AMC's The Walking Dead will have a chance to walk in the footsteps of human survivors when Universal Studios Hollywood and Universal Orlando Resort debut all new terrifying mazes inspired by season three of the critically acclaimed award-winning television series at this year's Halloween Horror Nights events beginning September 20th. That was all one sentence. <laughs> That's a hell of a sentence. The eerily authentic and disturbingly real maze experiences will place Halloween Horror Nights guests at the heart of the show's once impenetrable prison, the West Georgia Correctional Facility, now overrun by hordes of flesh-eating walkers. Nice. So that sounds kind of fun. I must admit, I would like to go down to Universal Orlando in Florida and uh, experience this. Yeah, based on the last one, this one uh, sounds like it would be cool. It does. The last one was just a stadium, right? No, 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 no. You're thinking of The Walking Dead Escape. Oh. They still do that. They just did it at um, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Right. This is, yeah, like a uh, Disney World, well, Orlando Resort uh, theme park thing. So it's a big maze. Oh, I see. Haunted house type thing. Well, that'd be fun, too. I still think it would be fun, yeah. I I don't like haunted houses, though. Um, Yeah, I haven't been in one in a long time, but I would go for this. I was in one in Niagara Falls, and it scared me. Really? Yeah. Was it really scary? I didn't like it. Who'd you go with? Your wife? No, with uh, I was there with the pipe band. So oh. I went with another drummer. So not even recently. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, if you're listening, remember that haunted house we went to and... Crapped your pants. And we got scared? <laughs> uh, he lives in Australia. He's not listening. I cannot remember... A, I can actually not really remember very many haunted houses other than the one that they put up at the Canadian National Exhibition every uh september or whenever that is they have one at the cne it's a little wimpy little thing and i remember going to it can adults go through it yeah well i think uh, yeah you can anyone okay because we're gonna go to the cne proclaimers are playing oh really yeah well there you go so go to the haunted house and let me know if it lives up to your expectations little tiny donuts and the proclaimers how can you not go yeah they got some weird stuff there it's not weird delicious they got you buy a dozen donuts in a little tiny bag delicious powder donuts yeah Anyways, uh, pizza if, on a stick, man. Yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> weird. If anyone's going to either of these uh, Walking Dead theme parks in Universal Studios or Universal Orlando, let us know how they are. I'd take some pictures or something. I'd like yeah. to. Uh, I'd like to get a look at it and see if it actually was really frightening. And if anyone crapped their pants, I really want to know if you crap your pants. <laughs> in fear. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it may be weird. Alrighty, that's it for the news this week. We are going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor. When we come back, all the listener feedback you can dig up with a shovel. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Silhouette up ahead 
For you, the listeners of the Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial so you have the chance to check out their service. They have an enormous library of all kinds of different audiobooks, periodicals, fiction, nonfiction, everything like that. There's bound to be something you can find, but if you are stuck... We have a listener from, uh, we have a recommendation from a listener here this week. Yeah, we sure do. Greg from the internet. He uh, writes in, uh, check out Robert J. Sawyer's Hominids, The Neanderthal Parallax, book one. That's quite the mouthful. Yeah. It's a Hugo Award winning novel about the discovery of Neanderthals who have developed a radically different civilization on a parallel universe Earth. So that sounds pretty cool. It does sound cool. I went to look it up and from the audible description, it says, a Neanderthal physicist Ponter Bodit accidentally passes from his universe into a Canadian underground research facility. Uh, C-U-R-F. A curf. Canadian underground. Yeah. Fortunately, a team of human scientists, including expert paleoanthropologist Mary Vaughn, promptly identifies and warmly receives Ponter. Oh my God, a Neanderthal. What are we going to do? <laughs> I think it sounds sounds like a cool book. Oh, now, it does sound cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. Now, Robert J. Sawyer, he, I looked him up, he is also the author of Flash Forward, the source material for that canceled TV show. Oh. He wrote Flash Forward. I knew Forward. I recognized that name. Yeah. So if you're, if Neanderthal physicists don't do it for you, Flash Forward and might. And why wouldn't they? I have no idea, but you never know. So two good options there. Uh, the Neanderthal Parallax book one, or Flash Forward. And in fact, there are three books in the Neanderthal Parallax series. Yeah, book one, book two, and book three. I would imagine that's <laughs> the subtitles on all of and them. And anytime you can use parallax in a sentence, good on you. Good on you. But the first one comes in at 11 hours and 25 minutes, and you can get it from Audible. If you choose to do so, please go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. That's audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. For the Neanderthal Parallax, book one, book two, book three, (laughs) or Flash Forward, all by Robert J. Sawyer. And you can get any of those for free when you go to audibletrial.com slash talking dead. Listener feedback. Alrighty, we are going to start listener feedback with a call from Josh in North Carolina. Hey, Chris and Jason. This is Josh from North Carolina. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. I was just listening to your most recent podcast, and I had a comment about what Bob Stuckey yells at Tyrese in the trailer. It sounds like he's shouting Ty, like Tyrese, but for shorter, because it's a dire situation, and I guess. Uh, extra syllables are just too much to say at that moment. But also, I think when you were talking about the Star Wars um, urban myth, I think you're talking about A New Hope. Because at the end of Jedi, um, Luke is in a 
Imperial shuttle with Anakin, and Han is on uh, the Force Moon Endor because they blew up the shield generator and all that. Anyway, love the podcast. Thank you guys for all you do, and uh, looking forward to season four. Thanks so much. Thank you, Josh. Yes, uh, regarding the Star Wars thing, I was indeed, whether I said Jedi or Empire, it, it's the end of um, New Hope, the first one, right, where they blow up the Death Star and they come back and Luke's getting out of his X-Wing and it looks like he looks at Carrie Fisher and goes, Carrie! Um, that is an urban myth, though. I don't know what he actually says in that scene. Right. Regarding uh, Bob in the season four trailer yelling at Tyrese and not saying Chad, or dad, <laughs> he says Ty. Ty. I went back and watched, and of course he says Ty. I don't know why we didn't think he said Ty. I think they'll die. I think they'll die. Um, it's it's obvious to me now that's right. what he says, but for some reason, when I watched it the first time, my ears just did not hear Ty. I think my brain was playing tricks on me, and to me it sounded like Chad. Your brain is dumb. There's a very well, you good, know somebody named Chad. There's a I do. That's probably it. Maybe, but uh, I don't know. For some reason, I just my brain wasn't ready to hear the words tie, the word tie, and it made up something else, and I went with it. So, a lot of people wrote and called in about that. Uh, so, thank you everyone for setting me straight. It was clearly tie once I went back and listened. Good. Uh, all righty, Christina from Sweden writes. I think that Sasha is one of the two people killed in cold blood. Furthermore, I think that Tyrese is so upset with the handling of her death that it comes down to blows with Rick. This explains the apathy that Tyrese is showing in the road trip scene. So Tyrese finds Sasha dead. Yep. He's so upset about it. He's blaming everybody he can find for whatever reason. Maybe his accusations are founded. Maybe they are unfounded. And he comes to blows with Rick, and that is the source of the fight between him and Rick. Maybe amongst other things, but maybe that's what pushes Tyrese over the edge. Right. That sounds plausible. It does. It also sort of explains Tyrese being sitting in that car on the road trip and seemingly not really having any desire to do anything and just being, you know, ready for his life to just end. You know, he's, he's upset. He's upset. He's depressed. His sister. Yeah. Uh, was killed, and he's got nothing to live for anymore. That makes sense. Print it. <laughs> Print it. Send that to the writers. Um, I think it's a pretty good theory. We'll yeah. see. The only thing that's weird about that is that um, Sasha was just made a series regular. So like the guy from the beginning, um, as soon as you, you know, something good happens, something bad has to happen. Well, we have to tie that into uh, her exhibiting uh, zombie werewolf-like symptoms. And right. uh, somehow that's being tied back to uh, to Rick, because if you if you're upset and you're throwing blame around, you can blame anybody, really. You, you know, if the sky if the sun wasn't burning so bright, Earth uh, you know wouldn't evolve to humans, and without humans there wouldn't be any zombies, and if there were no zombies, my sister would be fine. Without humans there'd be no you, <laughs> and therefore I don't like you. That's right. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So we'll have to, somehow I think we can, instead of her being killed, I think we have to tie it back to, uh, whatever that situation that's going on. That's going to be a, a new threat. Right. Right. Okay. That, that makes sense for me. So, um, that's, I don't know. I, werewolf zombies, werewolf zombie zombies. werewolves, excuse me. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It has to be something pretty shocking for Tyrese to lose it like that, I think. And if it's something so close to him, like the death of Sasha, 
that's what else would push him over the edge like that, you know? So good theory, Christina in Sweden. Thank you for that. Jason in Seattle writes uh, regarding the kind of idea that might cause a threat. He says, one that would work is the idea that the world was just an unending series of suffering and horrors and that everyone would be better off dead. It has been a theme in every season. CDC suicides, Carl on his deathbed, what kind of world the baby would live in, etc. Some, someone might consider it a kindness to sabotage the prison's defenses and cause people's deaths instead of make them suffer through a life in the apocalypse. True. That could be it. Yeah. Um, again, not even that far-fetched, really. It's like, what are we even doing this for? We're all better off dead anyways, so... I'm going to let all these zombie friends of mine in the door, and good luck with that. That was the—I'm uh, going to spoil a Tom Clancy novel now. Okay. That was the uh, the major plot in uh, Rainbow Six. <clears throat> really? Guy wanted to kill most of the human—most of the humans on the Earth, so he designed a virus to kill them all uh, because uh, they were scourged, and they'd be better off dead. And the Earth would be a better place without so many humans. So many or any? He, so many, because he planned on living. Right. The, the, the main mastermind. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure 7 billion people is too many for this planet as it is, so... Oh, I don't think so. No, I'm pretty sure we're overtaxing this planet's resources already. Not yet. Soon. Very soon. I don't know, man. 7 billion is quite a lot of people. It is a lot of people. <laughs> Anyways, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, Paul from Swindon, England, wrote in with some predictions from the trailer. He said, number one... The rats found by the fence may give us a clue to who might be trying to lure the walkers in. In the episode Clear, Morgan was using rats in traps and was clearly in a broken state. This could mean that the governor may have come across Morgan and is using him somehow to clear the prison. Ah, no. I, I, don't think, think, I don't think the governor is doing it. Uh, Morgan, on the other hand, what's the name of that episode? We don't know the name of the episode. Um, I'm just thinking of... Does it we have... do. The first episode of season four is 30 days without an accident or right. something like that. Um, 30 days without an incident or without an accident yeah something like that anyway um but we don't know that that's happening in the first episode i'm pretty sure it is but we don't know for sure but i also don't think it's morgan um i don't you think it's michonne who got the idea from morgan <laughs> no don't think it's that either you think it's carl who got the idea from morgan carl maybe carl's gonna be screwed up for a while so maybe he's doing weird stuff you know i don't know if i've ever considered it's carl but maybe it is Maybe, Maybe Carl. Carl's trying to... Carl wasn't happy with all the Woodbury people there anyways. Maybe he just wants to thin their numbers. Right. And that's the best way he can do it because he's just a kid. And what else is he going to do? So he's becoming a rat god. He's becoming... Manipulating rats and yeah, making them breed and that's making a rat king. Exactly what I was what thinking. To do. Carl the rat king. Uh, well, a rat, a rat king is a thing, though. It is? Rat King's a real when, thing? When rats, when a whole bunch of rats live in such close proximity because of the dirt or their tails get tangled up, they get stuck together. What? Look it up. Bees have queens. Rats have kings? Well, it's it's not. they're not actually kings. Like, they're not super smart. It's just a whole bunch of rats stuck together. That doesn't A rat happen. king, it's true. It happens. No, it, it come on. Ew. That's the scary. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. I've never seen it. I don't want to see it. I've just heard about it and read about it. I don't want to see pictures. No. Stop looking on the internet. Rat King. Folklore. Rat Kings are phenomena said to arise when a number of rats become intertwined at their tails, which become stuck together with blood, dirt, ice, excrement, or simply knotted. But it says folklore right there. That can't be real. Does it say real? They're fake. Well, Rat King in the Scientific Museum in Germany. 
Um, in popular culture, the Rat King appears in such novels. Uh, it's, uh, 30 Rock is where I heard of it. The first. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise features a character called the Rat King. I'm not sure if this anyway. is real other than it says it's folklore here. Anyways, it's disgusting. That's too many rats all attached <laughs> together. Oh, my God. So Carl can't be the Rat King is what I'm saying. That's why I went with Rat God. Because he's manipulating rats rather than, uh, you know, is a bunch of rats. <laughs> I am I am horrified at this. <laughs> wow. All right, we'll determine if that's real later. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's completely monopolized my brain right now. <laughs> Never heard of that at all. That's disgusting. Um, is Carl the Rat King? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying he's a rat god. Okay, so he controls rats. He is not. He is not a group of rats. Right. Wow. Which rat- is a whole other thing. There's a game that you can play where you can be a collection of rats. <laughs> god. I'll get. I'll take that offline. Alrighty. Um. <clears throat> anyways, I think the theory that Carl is the one sabotaging the prison is a very interesting one. It is. I think so too. And I would like to see that how that plays out on the show. Print it. If he's Carl the Rat God, I'm going to get a shirt with that on it. Should get a shirt anyway, preemptively. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to get that on there and wear it around everywhere I go. Uh, Paul goes on with another um, another prediction here, and I wrote down that this might be a little bit spoilery. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it mentions something that happens in the comic, so uh, that has not happened on the show yet. Okay. So be prepared or jump forward. Uh, with the Beth Daryl shot, I'm sort of snuggling together. Remember that yep. shot? He says, maybe this is the catalyst to Carol's suicide from the comics. I hope this is not true, as I love the cheeky banter between Carol and Daryl. But the fact their names rhyme will piss me off very quickly. <laughs> well, what do you call so, them? Like Benifer or uh, when you combine two people's names? Daryl. <laughs> or Carol. Or Carol, yeah. Like, what do you get? You, Kaderil. There, no. done. Kaderil? Kaderil or DeCarol. I like I like them both. Okay. How about, <laughs> yeah, I guess. They're kind of combined already, but yeah. that's the thing. Done. Um, so yeah, on one hand, he likes the cheeky banter, but their names rhyme will piss them off. So I don't know if he wants to see her dead or not. He may have a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I would be horrified if somebody was killed because their name rhymed with somebody else. In uh, real life, this is a TV show, kill him, I don't care. Yeah, do what, do whatever you <laughs> want. Um, anyways, good prediction. You know, if Beth and Daryl start getting snuggly, then maybe Carol's not going to feel so good about herself anymore because... She's in love with Big Daryl. I don't know about that. I know. She's not there yet. Uh, she's finally, got some horrors to deal with in her past. Yes. You know, with her daughter and her husband and, you know, when he was alive and the fact that he died. I'll and, be honest. It feels like she's gotten over the whole Sophia thing kind of quick. I mean, I know some time has gone by, but you don't get over that very fast. Unless you're forced to because there's flesh-eating monsters everywhere. You uh, you easily put the Rat King out of your mind to move on with this podcast. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. I still have the Wikipedia I know, page but open. Sometimes though. you got to take your grief and your horror and your disgust, and you just got to package it up and put it away for a little while in order to deal with the situation. Stop looking at the internet. Oh my God, they're <laughs> disgust. That's just crazy. Close that page down. You can come back to it later. Sorry. Um, finally, Paul uh, took a moment to point out that he's from, as I said, Swindon, England, and he lets us know that the name of his town means Pig Hill in Old English. Nice. Swindon. 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 Dunn is hill? I guess, in Old English. Well, yeah. I would go as swin as, as pig. Yes. 
Pig so, Hill. I live on Pig Hill. That's awesome. Uh, all righty. A couple of, uh, what do we got here? Oh, a recommendation from a listener from Dennis in Richmond, Virginia. He says, I would like to recommend you play The Last of Us. I think we mentioned this on a podcast before. He says, while technically not zombies, it does deal with a zombie apocalypse-like scenario, and it is an absolutely amazing game. In the same vein as the Telltale version of The Walking Dead, it takes video game story to a level of emotion that we haven't really seen before, to the point where people have said that it isn't a game because it's stressing them out. Easily one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, Yeah, and that's it. So... I'm going to try it out. I did look it up. It's on the Xbox Live Arcade, so it's not an expensive game or anything. I'm definitely going to try it because Dennis isn't the first person to mention that. And this one's for you, Jason. He finishes with, anyone who puts Justified over the wire in their show-watching queue should be institutionalized. Hmm. (laughs) You told me to go with Justified before the wire. I stand by it. I'm sorry. You. That's the way it goes in my uh, order of... uh... Dennis says insane right there to you. (laughs) Well, I, guess I really like both of those shows, but sure, I would have to go with Justified Over the Wire. All righty. I'm pretty sure Dave doesn't agree with you either, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we all know about Dave and his opinion. <laughs> sure, whatever that means. <laughs> um, I will watch the first episode of Justified, and then the first episode of The Wire, and then the second of Justified, and I'll go back and forth like that. How about I do that? That's fun. I used to, uh, a friend of mine's mom used to read books uh, in a very weird order. She would read the uh, she would read mysteries, and she would read the uh, the first chapter, then want to know what the hell happened. So she'd read the last chapter, <laughs> and then would know what the hell happened, but didn't know how they got there, so didn't know what was going on. So she'd read the second chapter, go, oh, now I know that, and she'd read the second last chapter and meet and in the middle. She'd work her way to the middle. That's just wacky. <laughs> she was a wacky lady. All right. Okay, so remember last week we did our actor spotlight on um, uh, Chad, Chad, Chad. Uh, so you got Chad on the brain. I know. No, it is, his name is Chad. I know. But Coleman, you, Chad L. Coleman. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you're just going Chad, Chad, Chad. <laughs> I couldn't remember his last name for a second. Give me a Chad Redking Coleman. <laughs> yes. We did that, and we didn't really like oh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No, we, we didn't, did not. We didn't really like much of what we watched not for a whole him. Lot. Sorry. Matt, Matt from Delaware writes in. I had to chime in on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think the episode you watched is definitely not a good barometer for the rest of the show. First, I agree with both of your sentiments. The show is not for everyone, nor is it really an independent viewing type of show. That doesn't mean the viewer has to have watched everything previously to understand current jokes, but it definitely helps to allay some of the weirdness in the episode you watched. Now, he sent in four other episode recommendations of uh, the show that might have been better for us. They okay. don't include Chad L. Coleman, so that was no, kind of the but point. It's not about it's not about Chad Chad L. Coleman. It's about it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Exactly. And he said if you only are gonna try one, do um, episode uh, oh an episode called The Storm of the Century from season seven. I watched it. Did you? I did. Did you like it? A little bit more than the Chad L. Coleman one. I will say that. Uh, I still had mostly the same problems with it. It was kind of weird. It was, The comedy didn't really do that much for me. Um, but I did like it a little bit more. In the episode we watched, the one character, the really weird guy, what was he doing? He was digging the whole time, right? He was in beating the rats. Sorry, beating with rats. With a stick. With a stick. That's right. That's right. Which is kind of off-putting. Right, it is in this one. He's not doing anything that totally bizarre. 
So what happens is there's a giant storm coming, and the whole episode is the same group of characters preparing for the storm. Right. And the guys in the show are watching the news, and they flip back and forth between you know weather reports from on location and stuff like that and the women doing the reports are all big busted low cut top weather girls weather women right and they're distracted by that and the sh- this episode was essentially a long running string of boob jokes right okay i like boobs as much as the next guy i boob jokes are fine um but uh i don't know i didn't find it all that funny and i got tired of it after a little bit a little while now this is a roundabout way of saying something but i watched elysium when it uh, or on thursday night or, yes no friday morning the movie the movie and it has one of the characters or one of the actors from uh, it's always sunny in philadelphia it plays the science guy okay sort of a scientist okay no i got that confused i, I he was in pacific rim which i also watched last week okay okay <laughs> i liked him in the movie i did not like the movie Okay. But I liked him in the movie, and it made me want to go back and watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Because you like the character in Pacific Rim. Because I like the character. I like the actor playing the character in Pacific Rim. Okay, well, you should maybe check out Storm of the Century, this episode, then, and I see should. if you have a different opinion. Or maybe on I it. should start from the horse and you know, watch the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> watch the first season and see what happens. That's actually not a terrible idea. Because if, uh, if, you, if you walk into season four of The League... You're not really going to know, you know, if once, you you know, when Taco starts doing something, you're not going to know, oh, that's just Taco doing Taco stuff. That is an excellent analogy, because if I walked into the middle of the league and started watching it, I probably, I don't know that I would like that show. And somebody yelled Shiva Khomeini, whatever her name is. Yes. You know, it doesn't make any sense if you're in season four. But if you watch season one, it all, you know, gets put together. And what was the name of the guy's cousin? The weird guy? Like not the top. Oh not weird yeah, enough, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name, but I know what you mean. Yeah, um, that's a really good analogy, and and that's I think what the problem we have, or I have, with Sunny in Philadelphia is that, and and Matt says this too. You just can't jump in the middle, and you're either gonna like this kind of stuff or you're not. And I have a feeling I might like it, but you just gotta start from the beginning yeah. and and ease in. You know, even a show. Well, even um, uh, what's the one that's that's ending how i met your mother like even that show where the characters are actually pretty normal straight ahead except for barney but even he's not that wacky he's a little wacky it would be hard to jump in in the middle you know and and sort of appreciate it yeah so it's you know i i does that mean you have to start from the beginning of uh, big bang theory uh because you don't like that show i don't like that show at all yeah and i've watched more than one episode um, but I, to be fair, I have not started from the beginning, so I'm gonna. It's not gonna make a difference. I'm gonna be more <laughs> open. That one's not gonna make a difference. Yeah, I have a feeling my reasons for not liking that show would not be changed by starting at the beginning. Um, but I can't say that about "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" because I don't hate the characters. I just don't get it. Right. Sort of. Right. Big Bang Theory. I hate the characters, <laughs> and I know that from one episode. Right. All right. Anyways, thank you, Matt, for doing that. Um, if you watch it, you can let us know what you think. Finally, we have a call, Robbie from the internet, on what The Walking Dead needs. Let's see what he has to say. Okay. Hi, dudes. This is Robbie. Long time listener, first time caller. Do you know what The Walking Dead needs? Two words. Robot. Robert Kirkman needs two 
Bender would make a great zombie. Maybe he could be bitten by a paper shredder. Bye for now, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie, the robot, I guess. <laughs> um, the Walking Dead needs something. Uh, two words, Jason. Robot. Robots. <laughs> I agree. But I don't think I, I would go with Futurama. I think I would go with Battlestar Galactica. Yes. I guess so. You're going to spoil that again now, aren't you? You're about to say something. They're not zombies. No, they're just they're uh, Cylons. Everybody knows. What, can, I, can I say that Cylons exist in Battlestar Galactica? Yes, you can. That's not spoiling something from the 70s? No. No, no, no. You can say that Cylons exist in Battlestar Galactica. And, and, and I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Cylons are robots. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. That's not a spoiler. No. All uh, right. Well, that's what The Walking Dead needs. Robots. Robots. I agree. And a lich. And it's already got that, I think. All righty. Thank you to everyone that called in. I think that's going to wrap up our podcast for this week. Remember, everybody, our short story contest, the entry deadline is Sunday, October 6th, 2013 at 11.59 p.m. Stories. 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 Yeah. Have to be a thousand words or less. And they can pretty much be on any topic as long as they're in in time. If you want to read your story and record it, do that. Send me the audio file and maybe I'll play it here. As well as the text. Yeah. Like, we'll just send the audio. We definitely need the text for sure. But yeah. if you want to read it in addition, then that would be great. It doesn't increase your chances of winning, but it might increase your chances of hearing your own voice on this podcast. That'd be cool. That's good. I'd love to hear my own voice on this podcast. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun, eh? It'd be a lot of fun. You could tune in tomorrow if you want. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, if you want to send any comments, questions, or feedback, I say give us a call on the Zombline, 1-866-483-9662 or 1-866-483-ZOMB. That's what 9662 spells. Awesome. We are on Twitter, at Talking Dead. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Or email correspondence can be sent to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Next time on the program, we will probably announce one more uh, Walking Dead actor spotlight. That'd be cool. I haven't decided who yet, but we'll get that out there on that show as soon as we can. After that, a couple of weeks go by. We'll be into September, I guess. We'll be doing the spotlight and gearing up for the middle of October. Ooh, so, exciting. Very, very exciting. All righty. Well, until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ciao. Kick it in the shins. Good. Good shin kicking. I'm going to kick the shins out of you. (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, my kids bash their shins up more than anything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just walking around, you know, going upstairs. They miss a step. Oh, shin. Their legs are all still new. Well, they're, and they're, they're growing, and they really don't know when their where their limbs end. Their legs, their shins. If if you've ever run your finger up your shin bone, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but mine is very bumpy and rigid. Now I don't know if that's what happens when you get old, or if that just happens over the years of bashing yourself in the shins. But I do that on my daughter. It's smooth and silky, and uh, that's because I think she hasn't you know walked into doors and fallen downstairs and all the things that kids do as they're growing up. No, I think it's. Uh... I don't think it's the bone <laughs> itself that's the that's what's bumpy. I think it's just age and varicose veins and all kinds of weird stuff. I don't have varicose veins. Well, I, have, do I. I have the age, though. <laughs> I'm not sure the bone is actually dented and gouged. I think mine is.
Well, you should have that looked at then. You want to feel my shit? I really don't. Can I feel your shit? No. Oh. All right, let's start. <laughs> what about your wife? Did you feel your wife's shin? No, but I'm going to ask her. Get her down here. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> Jason wants to touch you. No, no, you do it. <laughs> All right, it's time Can to Can I get. feel your shins? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure she'd be fine with it. That's not weird or creepy at all. Well, if you say it to somebody on the subway, it is. All right, let's start. <laughs>